Thank you for joining me on night two of our TJPS 3-9 special. I apologize for the inconsistent publishing of episodes in regard to this special. Apparently what happened is I was bombarded by multiple news stories. With that being said, there's a big show tonight and we have a lot to cover. Um, I'm going to begin with the Breonna Taylor shooting. Three officers were involved in this shooting. Way 3 News writes, quote, Officer Miles Cosgrove, John Mattingly, and Brett Hankinson served a warrant at the home of Brianna Taylor in March. The article goes on to say, quote, Last October, a man named Kenneth Wilson sued Hankinson and the LMPD accusing the officers of excessive force, negligence, and intentional infliction of emotional distress and malicious prosecution, end quote. So that was last year, and these three officers appear to have been involved in this shooting. We don't know the full story, but none of because none of the officers were wearing a body cam, so now we have to go off of individual stories. But we do know what happened and how it happened. The only other person in the apartment with Brianna was her boyfriend. USA Today did some remarkable reporting on what transpired. Quote, In the early morning hours of March 13th, Brianna Taylor and her boyfriend, Kenneth Walker, were in bed asleep when they heard a loud banging at the door. They called out, asking who was there, but heard no response, their attorneys say. Minutes later, Taylor laid dead on the hallway floor, shot at least eight times by plainclothes officers who had burst into execute a, quote, no-knock search warrant at her home, end quote. We now have reporting that the officers did not announce themselves, but the whole thing started on March 12th. USA Today also writes, quote, On March 12th, 12 hours before Taylor died, events were set in motion. LMPD Detective Joshua James wrote at least two affidavits seeking a judge's permission for no-knock search warrants and a narcotics investigation. Taylor's name was on the second warrant, along with Jamarcus Glover and Adrian Walker who also were named on the first warrant, end quote. Before I go on, let me lay out some things here. So the officers involved in the Breonna Taylor shooting blindly fired shots into the home. They could not see inside, though, which makes the story much more ambiguous. We also know the officers were in plain clothes and knocked several times before bursting in. And they also did not announce themselves. However, before I go on, I want to play this. All new here on the 19 tonight, the shootout. Photos just released are giving us a look at the aftermath of the shooting of EMT Brianna Taylor in South Louisville. The photos provided by attorney Sam Aguiar for Taylor's family show the apartment where she was shot and killed March 13th as LMPD officers served a warrant as part of a narcotics investigation. In one, of her in one of the dining rooms, you can see two bullet holes in the wall, as well as her furniture as well. Others showing the damage to the door where police entered and where a sliding glass door was also shot out. An attorney says Taylor was shot eight times and police were shooting, quote, blindly from her patio. Louisville's Metro Council is now joining the calls for a larger investigation. We understand that LMPD is filled with fantastic police officers that do a great job every day and decisions about life and death are made in split seconds as they perform their duties. However, this particular incident raises many questions 
that need to be answered. During the raid, a Metro Police Sergeant was also shot in the leg. Attorneys claim officers didn't identify themselves and Brianna's boyfriend, Kenny Walker, also shot at officers in self-defense. LMPD Chief Steve Conrad said today the investigation is nearly complete, adding the FBI, U.S. Attorney and Kentucky Attorney General will all be reviewing the case after the Commonwealth's Attorney Tom Wine recused himself. So that was audio clip one. But before I go on, we also have confirmation that civil rights attorney Ben Crump, who represented Trayvon Martin's family, is currently representing Amon Arbery's family and is also now representing Breonna Taylor's family in this shooting. Now here is audio clip two from Was 11 News. New documents are showing a suspected drug dealer police were looking for the night officers shot Taylor made, quote, frequent trips to her home. Tonight, Gavrigegadis has that, plus new comments from the family's nationally known attorney. In January, police believe the suspected drug dealer, Jamarcus Glover, was using Brianna Taylor's apartment to ship drugs to avoid detection. The search warrant states Glover and second suspect, Adrian Walker, used this vehicle to travel to and from a trap house on Elliott Avenue, more than 10 miles from Taylor's apartment on Springfield Drive. In one instance, detectives said Glover was seen picking up a package from Taylor's home and then taking it to another known drug house. He was charged the same morning Taylor was killed. In March, a judge signed a no-knock entry so police could enter the EMT's home for a narcotics investigation without having to identify themselves. But LMPD says detectives knocked several times and announced their presence. Taylor's attorneys, which include National Civil Rights Attorney Ben Crump, have four witnesses who plan to prove them wrong. They did not identify themselves and that they were in plain clothes. Kenny Walker right now, his case is so important too because he got charged with attempted murder of a police officer. Taylor's boyfriend, Kenneth Walker, allegedly shot one of the officers in self-defense. Though he was arrested and charged, records show a judge released him on home incarceration. Wednesday, Louisville Mayor Greg Fisher said the Commonwealth's attorney would be recusing himself in Taylor's case because he's prosecuting Kenneth Walker. Our expectations and hope and intentions with this case are to shed light on what is a very corrupt police department um, that has been able through self-policing and investigating itself to get away with these kinds of things too often in the past. LMPD won't comment on pending litigation. Sanai Gabrigadigas, WHAS 11 News. All right, I'm going to summarize this. On March 12th, LMPD Detective Joshua Jaynes inquires permission from a judge for no-knock search warrants. The judge signs them and then three officers are off to go serve those warrants. When they arrive at Taylor's home, they alleged that they, quote, knocked several times, end quote. Okay. That does not make sense. If you have a no-knock search warrant for a drug investigation, you are supposed to do the opposite. Excuse me, the opposite. First of all, let's get some let's get some clarification on what a no-knock search warrant is. The ACLU writes, quote, a no-knock search warrant allows police to enter a home without announcing themselves, typically in an effort to obtain evidence that could easily be destroyed or disposed of, end quote. However, once they've entered the premises, they are supposed to announce themselves. According to neighbors, the police did not identify themselves. However, they allegedly knocked on the door and used explosives to enter the premises. This was after they heard no response. USA Today reports, quote, Walker's attorney says when he and Taylor called out, quote, there was no response, end quote. Kenny Walker got his gun as they came through the front door. He shot, end quote. 
Now, according to attorney Ben Crump, Kenny is a licensed gun owner, a registered gun owner, and he is he used it to protect his castle, to protect his woman, and to protect himself. End quote. Now, here's the next thing you need to know, and it is the Kentucky Castle Doctrine, which states, and I quote, a person who is not engaged in an unlawful activity and who is attacked in any other place where he or she has a right to be has no duty to retreat. Any person who uses a gun in self-defense has immunity from criminal and civil law, end quote. So we all know that we do have a right to defend our homes against unlawful intrusion. Nevertheless, this information can be useful in the case against him. Now, will Mr. Walker be vindicated? That we don't know, and we'll just have to watch closely. Another thing that stood out to me as inexplicable were the officers in plain clothes. That made absolutely no sense to me. Also, the officers fired blindly into the apartment. Therefore, they were putting residents at danger. Quote, they struck a clock on the wall, a blue cooking pot, a wooden chair, and a full-length mirror. They hit the ceiling and window curtains. Bullet holes were found in in an adjacent residence where a five-year-old child and a pregnant mother were present, according to a lawsuit filed by Taylor's family. End quote. Additionally, Taylor's sister, Jania Palmer, was not present when the shooting transpired. However, if she was there, she would have been killed, or she could have been killed. Quote, bullets went into the upstairs apartment, and bullets went into the up apartment, into apartment three. Nobody heard the police announce their presence. That was according to Rob Egert, which is Kenny Walker's attorney. This is where we get to the part where they're firing blindly into the home. USA Today writes, quote, The person shooting from outside the home could not see anything inside because the living room was obscured by curtains and the second bedroom window was obscured by a screen and blinds, the suit claims, end quote. There are some questions that remain in this case. Are the police's alleged reports voracious? What was being reported when they got there? Why were the officers firing blindly into the home? Why did they not announce themselves as neighbors have alleged? Why did they not knock? I mean, why did they knock if they had a no-knock search warrant? Why were the officers wearing body why weren't the officers wearing body cameras? So these are some imperative questions that need to be answered here as this whole situation has just unfolded and we are just learning about this now. Apparently, what we are trying to also figure out and sort of comprehend is the story. What really happened with this Breonna Taylor shooting? Who said what? What really happened? Why weren't these officers wearing body cams? Why was this event not recorded? What happened? USA Today writes, quote, What we know about Louisville, Louisville woman Breonna Taylor's death. Quote, criticism of Louis of Louisville police is mounting as national attention turns to the March shooting death of Breonna Taylor, a 26-year-old EMT who was killed by officers in her own home. Taylor died March 13th after police entered her home in the early morning hours as part of a narcotics investigation. Police say they 
They began shooting after one of the officers was shot and injured, but a lawsuit filed against the Louisville Metro Police Department claims the officers weren't looking for Taylor or her boyfriend, Kenneth Walker, and no drugs were found in the home, in their home, end quote. In that case, if the officers were not looking for Brianna Taylor and her boyfriend, Kenneth Walker, why were they at the apartment? Why did this shooting transpire? And what in the world were they doing there? Keep those in mind. Quote, Walker's defense attorney has claimed in court filings that Walker fired in self-defense, believing the home was being broken into because police did not announce themselves. Though Taylor was killed nearly two months ago, her case gained national attention recently after a prominent activist, Sean King, posted about her story on social media. Since then, Taylor's family has hired civil rights attorney Benjamin Crump, who is also representing the family of Amon Arbery, a 25-year-old black man who was shot and killed by two white men in Georgia in late February. Attorneys for Taylor's family said Wednesday that Louisville police are, des quote, desperate, end quote, to cover up the shooting. Quote, it seems to me like they're just trying to cover their tracks from day one, end quote, said Sam Aguirre, a Louisville-based attorney representing Taylor's family. Who was Breonna Taylor in this shooting? Well, Breonna Taylor, she was a certified EMT who had two jobs at hospitals in Louisville. Her mother, Tamika Palmer, told the Louisville Career Courier Journal that Taylor was a young woman who had adored her family above all else and who had made plans to succeed. Quote, she had a whole plan on becoming she had a whole plan on becoming a nurse and buying a house and then starting a family. Brianna had her head on straight and she was a very decent person, Palmer said. She didn't deserve this. She wasn't that type of person. End quote. Family members say this said that she was kind, hardworking, and honest. Quote, she really did not deserve to end her life so horrifically, said Taylor's aunt, Bianca Austin. The death of Brianna Taylor not only sparks suspicion, but it sparks question. The death is not suspicious, However, the police presence is sort of suspicious. What has happened? What is being alleged here? Why did the police knock on the door? What is going on? Uh, according to a Supreme Court precedent from 2017, the Supreme Court, quote, makes it clear that you cannot sue the cops when they break into your house and shoot you. According to the nation, quote, that recent case is called County of Los Angeles versus Mendez. And he writes, quote, Ellie Missler writes, quote, I wrote about it back in 2017. In that case, members of the Los Angeles Police Department entered a shack that was occupied by a homeless couple. The cops didn't have a warrant to enter and they did not announce themselves as police before breaking in. The cops were looking for an armed parolee, but they picked the wrong shack. Inside the shack, Angel Mendez believed he was being robbed and reached for a BB gun. Cops fired 15 shots at Mendez and his pregnant wife, Jennifer, who was shot in the back. At a civil trial against the cops, a jury awarded the Mendezes $4 million under California's, quote, provo provocation rule, end quote. 
The rule said that if cops reckless, that if a cop's reckless or unlawful actions resulted in a violent confrontation, victims could recover damages against the police. But the Supreme Court threw out that verdict, the damage award, and the provocation law itself. The court said that the provocation rule was an unconstitutional interpretation of the Fourth Amendment's protection against illegal searches and seizures. End quote. Once again, that is the Supreme Court ruling from 2017. Ellie Missile writes in his piece that uh, essentially this case may not be won, unfortunately, because of the Supreme Court's ruling back in 2017 that you cannot sue the cops for breaking into your house and shooting you. That is Ellie Missile's perspective on why this case may not be won. But justice needs to be served here. I mean, some of the things in this case are inexplicable. There were no body cameras. Why is that? The next question from USA Today in this article writes, quote, why were police at Breonna Taylor's home? Quote, Taylor was not the main target of the narcotics investigation that prompted Louisville Metro police officers to enter her home. But officers had a search warrant for her and her apartment that included a, quote, no-knock provision, meaning that police could enter her house without identifying themselves as law enforcement. Records show that police believe that a suspect in the narcotics investigation, Jamarcus Glover, used Glover used Taylor's home to receive mail, keep drugs, or stash money earned from the sale of drugs. However, according to the lawsuit filed by Taylor's family, police had identified Glover at a home more than 10 miles, way far off, more than 10 miles from Taylor's apartment before they executed the warrant at her residence. There is no body camera footage available. Police Chief Steve Conrad said the criminal interdiction squad don't does does not use that equipment why not hmm. so this is what happened in the brianna taylor shooting we are going off of what people are alleging neighbors are alleging that the police did not announce themselves the police are alleging that they knocked several times, they burst in, and the shooting transpired. What is the veracity here? What really happened? There were no body cramps. We are going off to what is being alleged, and that is the only thing that we can go off right now, because we cannot jump to assumption as this case is unfolding. In this world where people are staying at home, many of life's moments are being put on hold. At Carvana, we understand that for some, getting a car just can't wait. That's why the new way to buy and sell a car is also the safer way. At Carvana, you can do it all 100% online from home with a touchless delivery and pickup process to keep you safe. And for even greater peace of mind, all Carvana cars come with a seven-day return policy. So if you need to keep moving, it's our goal to keep you safe. Check out Carvana, the safer way to buy a car. Welcome back. So the rest of the show that we had planned, we're actually going to put that into night three of our TJPS night special, which will be tomorrow. So look forward to that on the Jeremiah Patterson show. But up next is the last note.
It happened on January 26, 2020, when Kobe Bryant was flying in his helicopter and apparently it crashed. Uh, we now have the autopsies, uh, says the pilot tested negative for drugs, according to the New York Times. Quote, the Los Angeles County Coroner's Office, I may be pronouncing that word wrong again, let me spell it out for you, C-O-R-O-N-E-R-S, office, on Friday released autopsies for the victims of the helicopter crash in California that killed the basketball star Kobe Bryant, his 13-year-old daughter Gianna, and all seven other people on board. The report for the pilot, Ara Zobayan, 50 years old, says he tested negative for alcohol and drugs. Investigators with the National Transportation and Safety Board, or NTSB for short, are still reviewing the January 26th crash and have largely focused on the weather conditions near Calabasas, California. With that being said, thank you everyone for listening to this episode of The Jeremiah Patterson Show. Uh, tomorrow, we're going to provide you night three of this TJPS three-night special. Um, and also, some more news on the coronavirus. But with that being said, thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Jeremiah Patterson Show.